Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. I want to read verse 4 and 5. Got it? Say amen. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Say this with me. Say, I am born of God. And I overcome the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Then you're going to overcome the world. Now I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Now, here's what I'm looking for today. I'm looking for you to be a living witness of the supernatural church of God. That's who you are. You worship the Most High God. God has exchanged, if you will, so you could be transformed into his likeness, into his image, out of darkness into light. And God loves you very much. God has a wonderful plan, but here's what I want you to to pick up on today. Because you have something that the world doesn't have. You have ability and you have power that the world doesn't have. I know there's a lot of people that don't understand what you understand and they don't understand what you got. Because if they understood what you have, they would be standing in line to get in here, to get what you have. They would be standing more in line to get in here then they will be standing in line in front of Walmart on Black Friday. (laughs) Uh, Here's what I found out. People have problems. You say, you found that out? Yeah. People have problems. And I also found this out that they don't have all the answers to their problems. But Jesus has the answer to our problems. He is the answer. Amen? There's nothing that the Word of God cannot fix. Are you with me? Okay. So this morning, the title of my message, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm just simply calling this the supernatural church. Would you are privileged and honored to be a part of. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. I could read more, but for sake of time, we're going to do communion in just a second. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And 
from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Now, I've also come to find out that as I'm advancing the kingdom, anything that I want out of this world, I'm going to have to take it by force. That shouldn't shock anybody. It shouldn't surprise anybody. That anything that you take, because there is a resistance, there is demonic force that is organized against you. That's why you have to develop in the power of God, the preaching of the cross. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. This power has more power than the power of the devil. This power is supernatural power. You cannot fight the forces that resist you with natural power. We, we came in last Thursday after driving. You know, you drive all day in Mexico and, and get here and get, get, get situated. Middle of night, I mean, you're tired. I, I wake up, I can't sleep because I feel, I sense that there's something attacking me. Like, like I, I just can't breathe right or something. And I get up. I get up quietly. I don't wake up my wife. And I, I go over and I sense that there's demonic oppression in my house. Now, I haven't been there in three weeks. So, you know, the devil, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. I don't know how he got in there. I'm just saying as I was, you know, recouping myself and getting myself positioned, I begin to pray and bind that devil. I said, in the name of Jesus, you have to leave this house and leave my respiration system. I begin to command the devil to get out. Now, let me just say something to you. You have to learn to let the word of God convert you. Because you could get into a situation, and I've learned this, I've learned this from great men of God that, that are advancing the kingdom of God. If you're advancing the kingdom of God, you will have opposition. Now, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards, and that's another story, and that's another sermon. But I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm taking here you into this because I believe that you are moving forward in the things of God. You're not, you're not wanting to fall back. You're not wanting to go back. You're wanting to go forward. You're wanting God to take you higher and higher. You're wanting to go to another level. You're ready for all that God has for your life. Can somebody say amen to that? I learned great men in your reading like John G. Lake and Dr. Lester Summerall, as they would go on mission trips and go to advance the gospel, they would get attacked. 
And, 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 you know, sometimes the devil would even try to kill them or poison them. And so they had to take that authority that's in the name of Jesus and bind that devil and get back up and then go forward and serve God. So what I'm saying to you is the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. Anything that you are going to get, get out of this world, you're going to have to take it. I don't have time to wait. And I want to preach to you today that we need to be in the mode of taking, not waiting. Faith that takes, not faith that waits. Because, listen to me, whatever you take out of this world, it could be your relative. How many know it's going to take some violent action on your part? to get your relatives out of the world. Now stop and think about it. anything, anything you take out of this world, there's resistance. If you're taking anything, there's going to be something that resists you. Are you all following what I'm telling you? It doesn't matter if it's finances. It doesn't matter if it's a business deal, you that have business. There's going to be a resistance, but you're going to have to take it. Come on, you're going to have to put up the same if you will, the amount of resistance that's resisting you and then the power of the Holy Spirit has to kick in. It has to take over. It has to take the authority to move the obstacles out of the way so that you can advance. Okay, so I begin to confess that God gives his beloved sleep. I mean, no, that's the word of God. The best thing you and I can do is when we get into tight situations is to focus in on God's Word. Pray, speak, say what God said because that is where the authority is, that's where the power is, and that's what will cause Satan to flee. Okay, so I've learned that we have, and that's all I'm trying to tell you here before I get started on this, is that we have to discern that there is a demonic resistance in this world that is very much against us. Everything that we take out, and, and we are here to advance the kingdom, are we not? Everything that we take out is going to have to be taken by force. Okay, now, uh, let's, let, let, me, let, me, let me just... Let me just point out some things here to you. It, it really doesn't matter. You know, I know a lot of you, uh, you know, you're hurting in the area of finances. But, but, but go back and, and look at the Word of God. Go back and look at Jesus and see how he operated supernaturally. As a man like you and I, but he operated supernaturally. He was operating in faith, was he not? If he needed finances, what did he tell Peter to go do? He told him to go fish. He told him that there was a specific fish with a specific amount, and that fish would supply, come on, supernaturally the finances that they need. So we're not here to put a limit on God. We're not here to tell God how to do it. We're here to reinforce what God has said. We're enforcers, if you will, of the Word of God. Because why? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. 
There is no other way for a kingdom child of God, a believer, to live than to live by faith. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by the circumstances that we see. We don't live through feeling. We don't live through flesh. But we live by what the Word of God says. We stand on that Word. We believe that Word because God is not a God that He can lie. Okay, so let me take you now with me over to Matthew chapter 8. Now, here's the first thing I want to give you. i got to get through this, okay? Expect the supernatural. If you're taking notes, write this down. Expect the supernatural. And here's something for you to chew on, and I'll show this to you. Expect the supernatural. You've got to expect the supernatural. In, in, in order, in, in, and I understand, in order for you to expect the supernatural, you have to be taught about the supernatural. I have to teach you about the supernatural because you have to develop faith for the supernatural lifestyle that God has called you to live, okay? So, we do not want to just get honed in or tied in to information, but we need revelation. Let me show you something. They put the scripture up there a little ahead of me. That's all right. In Matthew 8, 18 is where I had you turn. In other words, if you're going to go to another level, I have to teach you from another level. Are you all with me this morning? Okay. In order for you to go, to another level, you have to be taught from another level. Okay, now look, let me show you what Jesus said. Verse uh, 18, is that the one they got up there? Okay. Uh, no, Matthew 8, 18. And when, are y'all in the, put it in the New King James if you would, because that's the one I'm going to read from. I could change it here, but that, that's okay. It says, and when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And when a certain scribe came in and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now here's the reply Jesus made in verse 20. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, Jesus was teaching something here, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, and probably some of you already missed this, because he's taking you somewhere. Jesus is always taking us somewhere, because he has a purpose for our life. Now, now look, he said, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, it's not just information, but we need what? Revelation. We know from the scripture, from information, that Jesus was not talking about physically a place to lay his head. Because in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, just put it up there, verse 38, it talks about when he was in the hinder part of the ship of the stern, asleep on the pillow. So he did have a place to lay his head. Are you with me? Over in the book of John, chapter 1 and verse, I think, around 38, 39, he, he was offering to take the disciples. He said, come see where I live. Come see my dwelling place. Come see where I abode. 
So Jesus was not talking about a physical place to go and sleep or to lay his head or a house to live in. He was trying to let them know that the head had no place to lay itself on. Now, what do you think that he was trying to say to them? When we start looking at this through the eye of revelation, for example, in the book of Ephesians, maybe I should just take you there, because what, what did he say, what did he mean when he said the Son of Man has no place to lay his head? When we know naturally, physically, he had places, okay? But Ephesians 1, remember what it says, verse 22 and 23. Just pop it up there right quick. It says, he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the what? The head over all things to the church. Who's the head of the church? Come on, who's the head of the church? Jesus, okay. He said, now look, he said, which is his body, the church is what? His body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the head has to attach itself to a body so that the head can function as the head and the body can function as the body. Are you with me? Jesus was saying, I have no place to attach or to lay my head. The body was not into existence yet. Come on now, follow me. I said, in order for you to go to another level, you're going to have to be taught from another level. You are not, you are not babies. Come on. You are mature and maturing. The Spirit of God is growing you up in the things of God. Now, you can stay stunted. You can stay behind or you can move forward. I choose to move forward. Because we're living in the last day, we're living in an hour where the deception and the resistance of the enemy, the deception that he uses, but the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by what? I don't have time to mess around. I don't have time to wait. Something has got to give. Something has got to move out of the way. Are you here? And the devil is the one that's going to bow his knee to the king of glory. All right, so Jesus is the head, and he has to attach himself to the body because if I have a head, but I have, I have dysfunctional hands or feet or arms or legs, how I many know the head does me no good? Okay, so Jesus is after a functional body, a church that he can attach himself as the head to. That means that the church has to grow up. The devil, well, I hope you can take this this morning, is doing everything he can possibly do to keep the church natural. He does not want the church to experience or to see the revelation of the supernatural in which Jesus 
has called us to operate in. Hmm. <laughs> now, here's something that I believe it'll help you lay down some things to it. Now, as a believer, as a believer, if you're if you're sincere about being a Christian, remember, uh, converts is not equivalent to being saved unless you've converted the way that you think and the way you act. A lot, a lot of times people count and say, well, we had, uh, we had uh, decisions for Christ. Well, a lot of people make a decision for Christ. But the Word has to convert us. Okay? Now, as a believer, we need to get something that we call foundation. Thank you for all those weak amens. Because that's the problem today with the body of Christ. They have no foundation. We have to get foundation. Now, the way we normally get that is through what we call foundation classes. Um, if you look up the word foundation, I mean, the definition, you know, and I use the 1828 Webster because Webster made a statement. Let me just tell you what. Webster said, any education without reading and knowing the Bible is no education at all. That's why you don't see a lot of 1828 Webster edition, but I encourage you to start looking up words with the 1828 Webster dictionary. Now, I did, and here's what he says. It's the part of the building that lies on the ground. <laughs> and that refers in the Latin language, which is derived from it, the very first thing that we do. I mean, oh, the foundation is the first thing we should do. Whether it's building our children, building our marriage, or building our lives. Are you here? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Let me show you this. Y'all are in a real big hurry, are you? All right. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. All right? You are God's field. You are God's what? Building. Wow. Did you see that? According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have what? Laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one or let each man take heed how he builds on it. In other words, you're to build on the foundation. You've got to have the foundation. Okay, quit trying to build without the foundation. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is what? Laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, he's the chief cornerstone. He's the one that we build on. He's the foundation of our Christian faith, our walk with God, and so on and so forth. Now, if you will, turn over to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 6, look at verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, or the doctrines, teachings, the elementary teachings of Christ, it says, let us go on to perfection. Perfection there means mature, okay, to grow up. Because Jesus needs a mature body so that his head can be in place 
so they can function as the church of the living God in this earth. Okay, not laying again. Now look, he said, let us go into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrines of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now, we have these classes available from time to time. In fact, I'm looking for somebody that can teach these to new believers. And we teach almost all of these from Hebrews chapter 6 here. Now, there's one that we, we skim over or we don't really get into it too much. And it's the one, the last one there, which is eternal judgment. Uh, and the Lord put in my spirit, put in my heart to teach, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that on Wednesday nights, I believe, as I'm set up to do now. Not, I don't think I'll start this Wednesday because it's Thanksgiving, and uh, a lot of you people will be doing turkey instead of being in the house of God, and I understand that. But I am going to teach on eternal judgment because... It is the balance by which it brings all of the other things in line. And if you stop and think about this just a moment, how can people who have tasted the goodness of God all of a sudden turn from a lifestyle of serving God and developing a relationship with the Lord and turning back and, and go into the world? It's because, and I propose to you this morning, that it's many of them do not have a good foundation in this eternal judgment aspect. The church is focused on a lot of things. I'm talking about the modern church today. You don't hear a lot of preaching or teaching about hell. Now, I remember you would hear sermons, you know, when I was coming up to this thing called... Uh, you know, uh, uh, holiness is next to godliness. Uh, holiness or hell, get right or get left. Now, these things were not designed to scare. You, I found you don't scare hell out of anybody. So it's not designed to scare people, but it's... But, it's, but see, the eternal judgment, the balance that it brings there is to get a reverential, what we call a fear of the Lord. See, that's what's missing in today's modern church is the fear of the Lord because we have majored on grace. Now, I understand, I understand grace is, you know, is wonderful, uh, grace is great. Uh, grace is, 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 is giving us that unmerited favor. But, you know, it doesn't give us the license, if you will, to go back or to continue in the old lifestyle and then just come when we think about it to God and say, well, God, uh, you know, bail us out again. Okay, are you with me? So, so uh, the, 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 the purpose of that teaching was to establish 
and balance out the fear of the Lord in the believer's life. Now, let me show you this. I don't know if you can take all this this morning, but let me show you a little bit of it. You remember the passage? You don't hear a lot of sermons about Ananias and Sapphira, do you? Uh, over in Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> let me just take you there just a second. It says in verse 1, Acts chapter 5, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife. So Ananias was the husband, Sapphira was the wife. Okay. They sold a possession. And he kept part, he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it brought in a certain part and laid at the apostles' feet. Now, this is not a story of how much they give necessarily, but it's how they gave what they gave, okay? See, I think the tendency today, if we don't have an active fear of the Lord working in our life, we forget that God sees everything. I said, God sees everything. He sees what you put in the envelope and he sees what you hold on to. He doesn't just see what you give, he sees what is left. Now they held back apart, okay? Now, let me just tell you something. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now how many know you need the wisdom of God to operate in this life? The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of wisdom, the foundation of wisdom that comes from God has got to start with the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord doesn't mean to be scared of God. It means that you esteem His Word. Remember, you, 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 you respect, you revere God and His Word as equal. If God says tithe, I tithe, remember? If God says give, I give. Whatever God says, that's what I do. Because that is the reverential fear of God, of walking with God in obedience because I don't, I don't want the Spirit of God taken from me because I, 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 I refuse to obey God. Are y'all here? It gets quiet when you teach on these things. But, but see, you have to see this because a lot of people, they're into the praise. They're into the worship. But their lifestyle is not indicative of the God who they're praising. Their lifestyle is not living out what the living Word of God says. So what happened? They tried to fool God. Now, isn't that foolish? The thing that you or I could fool God? <laughs> now look, look, look at what it says. Verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of this land for yourself? <laughs> now, now remember, God's the one that sets up every deal. God is the one that gives us everything that we have. I read that scripture to you this morning. God's the one that gives you health to work. 
God is the one that gave you your mind so that you could have some operation knowledge of what you do. Everything comes from God. Okay, 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 you with me? So he set the deal up. He set the deal where they could prosper. He warded off sickness and disease so they could live for that day. He warded off any accident. He kept the devil out. You hear? He does everything for a reason, for a purpose, for a time. Okay. He said in verse 5, Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So what? Great fear came on all those who heard these things and all the young men rose up and tried to raise him from the dead. Nope, it didn't say that, did it? Apparently God didn't want him raised from the dead. See, in the modern church, it's all about grace. No, it's all about the Word of God. God's Word has grace. But when you get to heaven, ask Brother Ananias about this grace thing. He's going to shake his head and say, no, all that stuff he is not accurate. Because there is the Word of God. And when we disobey, listen, we forfeit grace. <laughs> Come on. Now, it, 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 is a, it is a truth. Now, and this is what I've got to give you. Well, let me, let me, let me, let, let me let, can you hold your place there just a second? Let, let, me, let me give you the scripture, okay, because I, I don't have a lot of time here. Uh, but when you get a good foundation in your life, okay, it causes the, the, the Spirit of the Lord to go before you. It builds, if you will, that shield of faith, okay, that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now look at here. Just, I'll come right back if you can take it. Isaiah chapter 11. Now this is a little tough, I know, on a Sunday morning crowd. But this is a different church. This is a supernatural church. We desire to walk in the supernatural. And you get to the supernatural, you're going to have to be taught from another level. Okay. Now, I'm preaching to you. Now, how many know the fear of the Lord was on Jesus? Because why? Because the fear of the Lord is on you. It's designed to keep you where you're supposed to be. There is no safer place than being in the will of God. You don't want to be over, you know, spending the night with Miss Jezebel and the trump of God sounds in the middle of the night and catches you in another place where you ain't supposed to be. Are you here? <laughs> it's designed to keep us walking in line with God. It's not going to let us get so far out there that we can't get back on track for God. It's a balance in our life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are you here? It doesn't allow us to continue in our follies and our foolishness. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. It's designed to keep you until Jesus comes back. Now look what it says, Isaiah 11. Let me read this. He said, there shall come forth. Now it's a prophecy. 
there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Now, this is talking about Jesus. This is prophesying into the New Testament, right? And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, look at this. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. And we'll get into all these a little later. And the, not today, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, notice when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, then all of these things are part of the outflow of your life. When the fear of the Lord is operating in your life, there's going to be an increase of wisdom, the wisdom of God flowing out of your life. You ever wonder why you do some dumb things? There's going to be an increase. We're talking about a supernatural wisdom, a supernatural knowledge, okay? And we have to understand, God is not going to turn all these things loose in our life unless we're walking with Him. Why would He allow all of that to be upon you if you don't have even the fear of the Lord operating in your life? Oh, come on, somebody. So when you go back over there to Acts chapter 5, I saw your faces now when I started talking about Ananias and Sapphira. I saw your jaw drop. We're supposed to be happy. I said, we're supposed to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Our God is a good God. Our God is alive. Amen. Well, can you take the rest of that story? Because what happened was, here's Sapphira. Come on. <laughs> she didn't know what happened after her husband had taken in the part that he took in and held back. Okay, but look what it says. It was about three hours later when the wife came in. I don't know if she was at the mall spending the money. You know, the hairdresser getting some new weave put in. I don't know what she was doing, but she wasn't privy to what had just happened, but she knew what was supposed to be given. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And Peter answered her and said, tell me, whether you sold the land for so much. He said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at the feet and breathed her last. Now listen to me. <laughs> When we have a fear of the Lord, isn't this amazing that God has the ability, He has the power to take the Spirit out of anybody? Now that'll make, that'll make you set up straight. That'll make you think a little bit. Come on. He has the power to give and He has the power to take. Come on. I said that it's designed, see, to keep you walking in line with God so you won't backslide, so you won't get yourself so far from God you can't get back on track, okay? Because that's what's happening to the church today. They want the whistles. They want the bells. They want the excitement. They want all the shouts. They want all the excitement. But it's got to come back down to saying, Thus saith the Lord. God is a holy God. Okay. Now, grace is great, but don't let somebody 
teach you or tell you it takes the place of walking in obedience to a holy God. I want you to go away happy today. So let me kind of close with this here. Now, here's another thing for you to write down. The truth is designed to protect you against Satan's destruction. The truth is the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's designed to protect you against Satan's destruction and his deception. Now, let me go over these things because there's two kinds of knowledge. One kind is what we call sense knowledge or human knowledge. The other is revelation knowledge, which is what I'm teaching you about today. Now, the sense knowledge satisfies the hunger of the mind. That's why you have to go watch those old carnal things. Your mind, not, not your spirit, is hungry after that stuff. The spirit is after revelation. Okay? It is satisfied, or its hunger is satisfied with the revelation that it receives from the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Revelation knowledge has to be received by faith. It has to be accepted by faith. That's why Jesus said, and the Bible says, that the just shall live by faith. Okay? Don't look at the Bible and the circumstances of the earth and compare the two and think that the Bible is the one that's not true. The Bible, the Word of God, is the one that's true. The circumstances are deception. The circumstances are a perversion of a fallen earth. Are you with me? The one that is right is God. God is always right. I said God is always right. He is never wrong. Okay. Now, listen to this. We have been content. Talking about where we live today. This is, this is something you really need to get a hold of. We have been content whew, with fallen man technology. Whatever technology we have has come from a fallen race. And intellectualism and the standards of demon-driven society. Now let me say it one more time so you catch what I'm saying. We have been content with fallen man technology and intellectualism that the standard and the standards of a demon-driven society. Think about it. Now why, why am I saying this? Why am I teaching you this today? Because in order for you to receive revelation, you're going to have to be taught at another level. You can't go where you can't see. Come on, somebody. For you to operate on a supernatural level, you have to be taught from a supernatural level. Because the Word, listen to me, is designed to convert you at least any time you can hear Jesus said he said and be converted you will be whole see I could have sat up there in my room 
and, 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 and said, man, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't think I need to go to the emergency room. I, I don't know if I'm dying or what. But I began to take the authority because I sensed it was a demonic force attacking me. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you live. People outside of this, uh, this realm, and they don't understand this because the Bible is written on level three knowledge. But I'm taking you to level four. See, level three says, well, you know, the circumstances say this and the government says that and the doctor said this. That's level three. But you have a higher level of knowledge. You have the revelation of the Spirit of God. And if God said it, then listen to me. Listen, look at Mark chapter 4. Be patient with me here. I'm just about to finish. I got to get the rest of this in. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 says, The sower sows the word. Now, Jesus, who said that? Jesus. Come on, help me. Jesus, if y'all help me, I'll get through faster. Who said it? Jesus said that, okay? So what's the deal? Okay, drop down to verse 26. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God. Now, when you talk about the kingdom of God, that's where we're living. That's what, we're in the earth, remember, but we're here to advance the kingdom of God. Jesus came what? To advance the kingdom of God. He came preaching the kingdom of God. Okay, now listen, listen. He said, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow, he himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture? Now you've got to think revelation here. He said, it's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, look at verse 32 carefully, it grows up and it becomes greater than all the herbs. Now underline that part, it grows up and it becomes greater. See, Jesus is wanting the church to grow up. He wants his head attached, lay his head in place of a functioning body. Now, look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. It says, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Now, this is where a lot of the church is. You get a preacher that will step out and come from a higher level. Remember what Satan is trying to do. Satan is trying to naturalize or keep the church at a natural level. Why? Because you cannot take, you cannot advance at a natural level in any phase of your life if you're walking with God. So Satan wants to keep us down in the battlefield or that place of battle, and there we will be defeated. There we will be succumbed. We will be overpowered because we do not have power at that level to match the enemy's power. 
Follow me. Look, he said, they don't understand it. The enemy takes that word. Well, pastor, you know, you're just, you're, you're, just, you're just a little too deep for the average person. Well, you're not average. Let people go to an average church that want to stay average. Let people go and attend. Listen, a church that does not feed the people so they can advance and rise up in a level. I found out how to go into the promised land. Now, if you want to go into the promised land, I'm ready to take you. I'm ready to teach you at a level that is superior to the natural knowledge. Now, I say that not in arrogance, not in pride, because you remember there were two groups of people that came back spying out the land. And one group said, we're well able. Our God has said we can take the giants. The other group, the majority said, we're not able. Now, let me ask you something. Who went in? I said, who went in? What I'm saying to you is that preachers or teachers or people that are going to stay there and teach on a natural level. Well, let me read it to you. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 15. See, I can't just teach you natural stuff. The Word has to bring a conversion into your heart. You are converted into Christianity. That means that you talk different. You walk different. You act different. You even look different. Praise God. You might even start. You might even start walking sideways like John Wayne because you know that you got more power than the devil has. And you're not going to let him. You're not going to let him take your family. You're not going to let him take your children. You're not going to let him take your life. You're not going to let him put sickness and disease on your body. Bless God, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in you. But the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent got to take it. You can't sit back and passively say, well, if God wants me, well, he'll give me what. No, no, because he provided you the prescription. Take your medicine, bless God. Woo, I got excited about that. Now listen, Matthew, I'm almost done. I know it's been hard on some of you. Verse 12, the disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offered or were offended when they heard this saying? They just leave, you know, they just go. They say, well, I ain't going to that journey. Now look, here's what Jesus said. He answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Now, what's he saying? He's telling that all of us have seed deposited into the soil. And those seeds produce tree or whatever. And the tree produces fruit. Are you here? And so if we've had bad seed sown into our soil, how many know the tree is going to grow anyway, but it's going to produce bad fruit. Are you here? So we have a promise from God that those trees that have taken root from bad 
seed, come on, false doctrine, false teaching, people that were trying to teach a, a natural God, a natural level, a natural understanding. It says those things will be uprooted. Bless God. They have to become uprooted in your life so that the seed of God's Word can go and bring forth a supernatural increase in your life. An increase of wisdom, an increase of knowledge, an increase of understanding, an increase of the fear of the Lord being upon us so that we can walk disciplined. We can walk upright in the earth. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Woo! But if I continue to teach you, see, at the level here, then I can't take you to that level four. That's why he said, look what he says in verse 14, let them alone. He said, the blind leaders of the blind and if the blind leads the blind, what happens? Both of them will fall in the ditch. That's why many of God's people, they've not been able to get out of debt. They haven't been able to break the cycle of the curse or the curses on their life. Are y'all here? Man, my goodness, my goodness. So Satan's been busy trying to naturalize the church because he knows that when you walk in that level, you're easy pickings for him, okay? Now, let me, let me just throw one more here, a couple more, and I'm done, okay? You're going to, you, you, if you're going to be elements that change, and I haven't even got into the new year yet, but let me tell you something. God's got something on the horizon. And you're going to have to get some increase in knowledge and wisdom and understanding, okay? It says in Psalms 119, because you're going to change your environment, you're going to change the world through revelation knowledge. Not natural, Okay? It says, Psalms 119.89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Did you see that? Forever, forever, your word is settled in heaven. What word? The word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom. The Bible, level three. Come on. Now, knowledge can go down from there, but supernatural knowledge is on another level. Okay? Now, Job 33.25. Woo! See, some of you have been living down there in, in demon, fallen man-driven technology. And that's what you've been trying to survive on. That's why you haven't broke out. Okay. Now, listen to this. All you need is some seed. And I'm giving you some seed. I'm sowing seed. The sower sows the word. <laughs> now, look at this. Job 33, 25, they put it. It says, as flesh shall be young or fresh like a child's, and he shall return to the days of his youth. Now, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about the way of God doing cosmetic surgery. I'm talking about the way God doesn't take some old broken, used part and replace. God makes all things new. Mm. <laughs> I tell you, anything that's done in the natural through human technology 
God has already done it in the realm of the Spirit without using a scalpel, without using a surgeon, without using an injection of Botox or oil of Olay. God will make you new. I said God will make all things new. Lay your hands on your wrinkles. Lay your hands on your face and say, thank God you make my skin fresh. You make it new like a youth. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now see, you're sitting back out there. Some of you are like, well, don't be a Pharisee. Be a believer. Use God's word. God's word is forever settled in heaven. Man. Now, I'm closing with this one. I really am. Isaiah 62, because here's what is coming. This is what the church is getting ready to see. See. Do you see? I don't see nothing. Isaiah 61. I know I go too long. Man, Isaiah 61, too. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, didn't Jesus get up in Luke chapter 4 and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? He has a... He was, he was quoting from Isaiah. The acceptable year of the Lord. What is it? That's supernatural debt cancellation. Some of you are bogged down in payments. Some of you are bogged down in mortgage. God's going to supernaturally, I said supernaturally, break that debt. It's going to happen, folks. You're going to believe? You're going to receive the word that's forever settled in heaven? Oh, man. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn inside. God is ready to beautify the church. Jesus wants a glorious church to attach or lay his head to. A church that's not disorganized, not dysfunctional. He said without spot, come on somebody, without spot, <laughs> without blemish. God has come to not just change you, but to exchange. Come on, stand.